Welcome to the Heroic Hour podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode two. I'm Nicholas McGill, Chief Experience Officer for Heroic Media, and I really appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit more Heroic TLC with you. And that stands for Technology, Leadership, and Culture. And it's all designed to help you elevate, connect, and grow, as well as give you the adaptive mindset and the skills that will get you mission ready for life. And if you like what you hear on this and other episodes, please subscribe to this podcast. Find one friend, one friend, and share it with them. Engage with us on our website at getheroic.com and check out our insider group. And for those who don't know, the Heroic Insider Group is an exclusive, non-solicitous web community hosted on the Slack platform. It allows you to collaborate, share, and have some accountability with like-minded, multidisciplinary pros. Most importantly, it's the easiest way to interact with me and the Heroic team. And oh yeah, by the way, it's free for the first 100 people. So you can find out more and apply over at getheroic.com. That's G-E-T-H-E-R-O-I-K dot com. Now, in the last episode, I introduced the concept that heroes aren't born, they're made. And made is an acronym for four core heroic values or pursuits of mastery, abundance, discernment, and exploration. And in the last episode, we talked a lot about mastery. Now, in this episode, I'm going to talk a lot about abundance, specifically defining our version of an abundant mindset, what it is, what it isn't, how to cultivate one, and 21 tips to bring more opportunities into your life and build a more abundant lifestyle. This one's going to be a little bit longer, a little bit more fun, and and probably a little bit more challenging, and hopefully it finds you well. So without further ado, let's get started. the year, I was working on some exercises for an upcoming Heroic Leadership Summit. And uh, I asked myself this, this core question, you know, is why do I do this? You know, why this heroic endeavor? Why seek to build a life in this way and not some other kind of more common, less risky path? And I like to think about these things because, uh, A, I like torture testing uh, my team and then also sending the clients through this. But, you know, I, you really have to dig deep to come up with your own answers, to know the conclusions you draw when you answer big, big think questions like this. Uh, oftentimes, these kinds of exercises, you know, uh, people fire from the hip and they tell you what they think you want to hear. And often we tell ourselves what we think other people will want to hear, but we really don't know if they're true to ourselves or not. So in this way, if that kind of answer is the first thing that you come to, it's, it's a bullshit answer. And bullshit answers aren't satisfying to me. And they're not satisfying to our customers, our clients, our audience, you, or, you know, any of their customers as well. So I prefer to do my own stunts, my own deep diving and explorations. And so for weeks, I was really trying to map out that underlying why and figure out, like, why the heck am I doing this? You know, so I explored on and off the screen, sketching, talking, refining, 
and and really trying to f- figure things out before I came to a satisfying, def- decisive answer. And it, and my answer sounds utterly simple and almost cliche, despite the long and meandering road I had to travel to arrive at it. So here's my answer. You know, why am I doing this? It's simply because I want to build, live, and enjoy the great life. Not the good life, the great life. The good life isn't good enough for me. I've got bigger things in mind. I want to take the risks to build, achieve, live, and enjoy the great life. And in order to do this, an abundant mindset is an imperative to enjoying this high quality of life. And that's why I created this company, to build the means and the assets to build the great life for myself, for, for my relationships and connections to my family, my team, uh, my customers, my community, and make sure that I'm providing all of them with the means to do the same. For some people, getting by might be nice, but you know, I think Michelangelo said it best when he said the greater danger for most of us lies not in setting our aim too high and falling short, but in setting our aim too low and achieving our mark. It's pretty smart for a ninja turtle, at least the way I look at it. I'm kidding. And also, I'm capable of appreciating a lot more and doing more with it. I want great wealth. I want the means to build, explore, expand, and share, help, and connect, and advance in every area that my imagination dares to dream. And because, you know, if you're the only kid in town with a yacht and a private jet, life becomes dull. There's no one to play with. So I want, I, I want my tribe, my community, and you to live well and have the same means to, to build, live, and enjoy the great life. So to become heroic, along with being committed to mastery, you need an abundant mindset. That's what unlocks a lot of these possibilities. You have to be able to see opportunity everywhere to recognize potential building blocks that add value to your environment and to others. You have to be in the, in the habit of taking action and to take advantage of the opportunities that come your way or that you notice. And money is an important part of a balanced breakfast. No, uh, you know, money is an essential part of the great life. And, and the things we're going to talk about today will help you make these things happen. So first, I'd like to start with uh, the modern definition of kind of the abundant mindset. And the common definition is, is of the abundant mindset is basically is based on the belief that there is more than enough of everything to go around. And my problem with this bumper sticker definition is that it's vague and it seems to ignore real world conditions, making it great at 50,000 feet in the conceptual land, but really harder to apply when your boots hit the ground. And I think that's why there's a lot of smart, discerning people out there who kind of disconnect from the abundant mindset culture. And they're, they're intrigued by it, but then they're let down because it's really impractical or not pragmatic. And it's all rainbows and free hugs and, and things like that. So, And also, the common definition is focused on things, physical stuff. It doesn't address scarcity. In fact, it tries to deny that scarcity of physical things exists at all. So as an intelligent person, I need and you need a better, more functional definition of an abundant mindset that is way higher in protein and way lower in empty carbs, as well as, you know, rainbow and unicorn free. 
So what is the definition of a heroic abundant mindset? The heroic definition is a little bit more substantial. It's involved, it's specific and pragmatic than the, it's a little bit more of all of those things than the pie in the sky version that most people are kicking around these days. And here it goes, it goes a little something like this. There's an abundance of opportunities to build wealth and all the resources you need to build the great life. There is a visible and invisible supply enough to make every person wealthy without depriving anyone of the means to build mass quantities of wealth. So there's no need to covet uh, the wealth of another person because there is plenty more to build endless riches where that came from. Now, some opportunities are more easily seen or perceived than others. Others require more vision or critical and creative thinking in order to see or perceive. And in our definition, the heroic definition of an abundant mindset, you know, there can be a scarcity of the visible supply of the opportunities in front of you, meaning the paths to wealth you can easily see and perceive. There can be a shortage there. And usually the opportunities you see are what others have already brought to fruition for themselves, right? And they may seem to have a monopoly on a particular means or path to, to wealth and, and living well, but usually this is simply because you haven't thought critically and creatively enough to make an adjacent play or make your play in the areas that play to your strengths, your disciplines, and the areas that you're really working to advance. So in short, the heroic definition of an abundant uh, mindset is, is really hinged on the belief in the near-infinite supply of opportunities for wealth that we can easily perceive, and the, the equal belief that there is an infinite supply, in, in the invisible supply, that is, for opportunities for wealth, so that these can provide uh, us with means to build, live, and enjoy the great life. Unlike the bumper sticker version, having this kind of abundant mindset improves your decision making. It opens up possibilities, options, alternatives, and creativity within you, which in turn results in the sharing of prestige, uh, recognition, profits, which in turn ex you know, bring exponentially more opportunities and more profits. And it hinges upon your core responsibility to look to perceive those opportunities for wealth and then take action to build them. So there's no secret or heel clicking or, or magic to it. And this doesn't mean that you won't have to work hard to compete in markets. Our definition, the heroic abundant mindset, is focused on the ability to scout out and mine opportunities through easy recognition or critical and creative thought. You still have to follow through and bust your butt to make things happen. It's just a fact of life. And the sooner you start um, cultivating this mindset and you know bringing it down to the real world level and dealing with the facts of life, the sooner you can start really learning how to wield that shovel, how to dig deep, and how to make things happen. So, you know, where does our definition come from? Well, we like to do our homework. And uh, in 1910, there was this great book published called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. This is 27 years before Think and Grow Rich. This is 94 years before The Secret came out. It was written 
uh, as a logical and reasoned approach to how, why, and why it's okay for you to build wealth and desire wealth. And I want to share with you five of the best quotes from that book. It's a really short book. I really hope you buy it and, and enjoy it. Um, number one, get rid of the idea that God wants you to sacrifice yourself for others and that you can secure his favor by doing so. God requires nothing of the kind. What he wants is that you should make the most of yourself for yourself and for others. And you can help others more by making the most of yourself than in any other way. So what Waddles is saying there is that, hey, you know, whatever you believe, whoever your divine, your, your uh, deity is, that they probably want you to live the best version of your life that you possibly can. And I, this, this is really important because it can dig deep, it can help you dig deep and really debunk a lot of your beliefs around wealth, money, and uh, living well. All right, number two. Uh, this is the number two quote. It is the desire of God that you should get rich. He wants you to get rich because he can express himself better through you if you have plenty of things to use in giving him expression. He can live more in you if you have unlimited command of the means of life. Again, kind of more of the same, but this is really powerful stuff. Number three, man's right to life means his right to have the free and unrestricted use of all things which may be necessary to his fullest mental, spiritual, and physical unfoldment, or in other, in other words, his right to get rich. Number four, there is no labor from which most people shrink as they do from that of sustained and consecutive thought. It is the hardest work in the world. This is especially true when truth is contrary to appearances. And lastly, the number five quote from Wallace Waddles is, faith is born of gratitude. The grateful mind continually expects good things and expectation becomes faith. The reaction of gratitude upon one's mind produces faith, and every outgoing wave of grateful thanksgiving increases faith. Now, this is a book that I think will cost you all of $4 on Amazon. It is super short, and it's an amazing read. You can find the audiobook versions as well. Um, there's people who read this book on YouTube. You can, you can hear uh, in those quotes alone where Think and Grow Rich and The Secret really stole the information and transformed it into this heel-clicking magical thinking version or the bumper sticker version that's just trying to get you to buy more crap and, and practice more wishful thinking. Now, I love this book so much and I highly recommend it. It's, it's uh, required reading for the Heroic MBA. And, you know, my friends and family make fun of me for highlighting nearly every page of the book. That's how profound this book really is. Not bad for, you know, almost 100 years old. Okay, so we've talked about the bumper sticker version of the abundant mindset. I gave you a more functional definition and now we're going to talk about how do we apply this uh, abundant mindset. Cultivating an abundant mindset and using it to build, live, and enjoy the great life really comes down to a few simple steps. You know, you have to cultivate an unshakable faith in yourself to see opportunities as they are, as they unfold, and as they could be in all things, in yourself, in others, and the world around you. You have to believe and be grateful for your ability to discover, to notice, and create opportunities for yourself. 
and others. Number two, you have to be able to look closely to see opportunities beyond the visible supply. Be the student who studies the cracks in the mountains because this is how you climb them. You look for weaknesses, not by worshiping them for their strengths and, and mass alone, but by studying their weaknesses, those, those points, those little points that you see where, hey, you know, I think we can climb up there. Right? Number four, steward an environment that supports your advancement and growth. Number five, build wealth by leveraging the opportunities you find by taking action to add or create value for yourself and others. And finally, number six, enjoy and repeat. Okay, you know, I believe these steps are, are mostly self-explanatory and, and well-known, but I'm going to take the extra time to focus on two important and often neglected elements here. And that is one, stewarding an environment that supports your advancement, and two, creating and adding value. So let's start with, uh, with creating and adding value first. You know, you need to understand what value creation is and what it isn't. Most people, and I'm talking high-performance professionals, cannot give you a crisp, tight definition uh, or determine when they've added value uh, to their customers' lives, right, or to others, right? And I'm going to give you this definition now, and I want you to remember this. It's you've created or added value when you've advanced the condition of others. Now, there's tangible value, and then there's intangible value. There's direct physical benefits that we easily see, and then there's, there's more indirect benefits that we kind of feel, like peace of mind or security or wisdom, you know, uh, from knowing that an expert has your back or that you've got him on speed dial and you can get a hold of him very easily. And we've got a link to a, literally a mathematical formula um, that teaches you how to calculate the value you're bringing in the services and products you're providing. But the bottom line you know, is that whatever value you bring to the table, you should always uh, give more in use value than you take away in cash value. In other words, the customer should get more bang for their buck. This ensures that they will speak highly of you, that you in turn will grow and advance as well. This should be a strategic principle of your practice, of your service, and a design principle for your product development and your, your business development as you move forward. All right, next up, let's talk about stewarding this environment that supports and nourishes the opportunities uh, for abundance in your life. You need to design your life in a way that increases the volume of opportunities that come your way, and it has to increase your ability to recognize them. How do you do this? Well, you need to build an environment that nurtures what you want, which is more opportunity and thus more wealth, right? And, and don't worry about that definition. We're going to deep dive here and spend a little time with some specific tips. But you need to start by practicing being more mindful about your environment as a whole. Your environment influences your thoughts, your attitudes, your beliefs, and directly and indirectly shapes the opportunities that come your way. Look at your environment and filter it through the heroic golden rule. For those of you who haven't heard it before or you might not remember, the heroic golden rule states simply this, cultivate that which serves you and hit the eject button on that which does not. So look around, look at your office, look at your home, look at your clothes, look at your body, look at your friends, look at your thoughts, all of it. Is it serving you? Is it really 
advancing you forward in the direction you want to go? Is it taking you, you know, inches and feet closer to your goals? If not, consider hitting the eject button and making room for more growth and opportunity in your life. Now, I'm going to give you 11 tips to help you add value uh, to the people in your social environment. And these are important. Every sales guy will tell you, will have these things memorized off the cuff uh, in terms of developing relationships and creating meaningful relationships and building trust to enhance opportunities that happen around you and in your network and in your communities. So number one, take the time to make other people remember that they're important. Now, this sounds strange, but if you do this, they'll care about you and treat you with greater care and greater importance. So you can do this in, in many different ways. That's kind of the basic theme. It's important to remember that. It's people really want to feel and be reminded that they too are important, no matter what their job is. Whether it's the guy who hands you the rental car at the airport or, or, or the person making your coffee, they care. So number two, Use people's names and spell them correctly. People consciously and un unconsciously love hearing the sound of their names. And this is because we're attached to them. It, it show, again, it feeds that desire to feel important, right? To have a place, to be connected to society. So this is even more specific. Add them to your contacts with a note, you know, describing who they are. When you're meeting somebody new, add them to your contacts. I know this sounds strange, but oftentimes we take for granted that there's always going to be a social network that you'll find, be able to find these people later. And then if you're like me, you might never circle back or never build a relationship or a true connection um, with the, the people you meet. And that's a horrible habit. I'm trying to get better at it. But, you know, if we take for granted the people we meet, you know, then we'll, uh, we'll miss out. But if we take the time to learn their name, to spell their name, to grab their number, and, and add one little note in your phone, you'll remember and, and you'll think of others and help them connect to others that, that, uh, who they need to connect to as they go forward. All right, number three, look people in the eye and smile when you talk to them. Uh, eye contact is huge. Make them blush. Let them make it awkward, right? Getting eye to eye with your barista can lift their spirits and transform their day. And in that way, you've not only, only added value to someone's life, you know, you've really increased opportunities for you. I, I get free drinks all the time from, from these little things. And by the way, all of these tips I'm giving you, none of them cost you anything. These are all things that you can give uh, give to your world, your life, your people, your community, and get more, far more in return for them. These, these don't require money. Number four, thank people sincerely with a specific and complete sentence of praise. Like, thank you so much for cleaning the car, right? I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for blending that skinny vanilla latte and saving me 50 cents for not calling it a frappuccino, right? Give them sincere praise. Number five, treat yourself and others as important people who generally have uh, similar goals of living well, being happy, and getting things done effectively. And this tip is a little bit different. I want, I'm trying to convey uh, uh, changing the attitude because attitude is key of how you think of other people. If you get in the habit of treating other people around you as worthless who are, are, are non-essential to your goals, 
you're not going to give them the time of day and you're going to limit your opportunities to the one area that you're currently focused on. This is really stupid. It seems like you're focusing and that, that sounds like it's good, but the reality is you could be given off these light little tidbits of energy in all these directions and get a heck of a lot more for it um, by treating people as if they're important. Now, I'm not advocating for the shotgun approach to networking, and you, you don't and shouldn't give everyone a slice of your time, really, but don't dismiss them out of hand either, simply because you prejudge them not to be worth it. Instead, recognize that you're making choices to focus on other things. It's okay. You're on your way somewhere. It's okay to walk away and, and you know, not have time to say hi to everybody. But you know, remember that an abundant mindset is one that doesn't see a scarcity of opportunities. So you can always afford to do what's right by your customer, by, by strangers, by your organization, by your communities, and by yourself. You can afford to build a sincere relationship and help people try to solve their problems, even in just conversation. By thinking and feeling and truly believing that you can afford to do this, this alone will increase the number of opportunities that come your way. You will be remembered as the helpful awesome person who gave help first. All right, number six. In a challenging discussion, reframe the opposing perspective to reflect your understanding of their position. Now, you do this for a few reasons. First, you're showing that you're paying attention, and by doing that, you're showing respect. Secondly, building a reasoned approach from their position is likely to play in your favor if your goal is mutually beneficial. You know, take it from me. I'm the guy who loves to debate, uh, and in you know in the real world, treating challenging discussions as debate versus negotiations, you're gonna kill your relationship. You might win a debate, but you'll kill the relationship. So if you think of those challenging discussions as more of a negotiation, where you have a shared interest in keeping everybody at the table and keep people talking and being open, you'll be focused on more effective communications in a way that builds bridges and gets you to that, that big goal. All right, number seven, talk, talk big and think big. Advocate for a favorable outcome that you desire and convince your team that you are capable of achieving it. You have to lead the way. You have to bring your own bravery, be your own X factor and totally believe it, balls to bone. And if you do this, and if you're talking big and thinking big, you'll elevate the spirits of people around you who want to support you, who are involved in collaborating with you or cooperating with you. And in this way, you'll also instill more confidence and passion in yourself and your pursuits. If you're talking positively about yourself and your team to yourself when you're uh, by yourself, this will have a profound impact on your performance and theirs as it's, it's far more productive than you know ber the berating strategy that most low-performing managers practice. And if you interact or rely on, on a success team of any kind, I don't care how small or large your business is, you know, the odds are uh, you need to understand management practice too. So pay attention to that. Think big and talk big with the people who you rely on to help you be successful in business and in life. Number eight. Fire people from your life who are dragging you back in the bucket with them with the rest of the crabs, right? Fire the haters or, or confront and conquer them. Do not sit and suffer fools who don't believe in themselves and are afraid to suffer alone. They will try and drag you down, 
with them. You're also judged by the company you keep, so reevaluate your crowd. Select friends who aren't overly concerned with the petty comparisons and the one-upsmanship and, and the things that come along with that. Number nine, seek advice from successful people and always take the time to filter it through yourself. There's no guarantee that their advice is golden, but the odds are increased significantly because they've achieved what you've deemed to be a level of success. Now, I've gotten bad advice from very successful people, but I've gotten far worse advice far more often from very unsuccessful people. And I'll tell you this, that it's usually the unsuccessful people who are, who are much more liberal with their unsolicited advice. In other words, they want to give you their opinion um, despite having no success or, or a track record of success behind them. All right, number 10, get your social sunshine. Get out of your box. Get out of your traditional networks. Go mingle in a few different groups. Go find some new ones if for no other purpose of connecting with human beings at a human level. Find places you can interact, make new friends, and be an authentic human being. Let down your guard a little bit and, and allow it to be okay that you're just a normal person. You're a normal guy or a normal girl with flaws and problems and likes and dislikes and all of that. Focus on the quality of the connection, the strength of the root, not the numbers alone. And number 11, don't hog all the glory. Invest it instead with others. Now, I love this tip. Invest the glory in others. Share the glory with others. You know, this, this is really key. Despite my best efforts to be an army of one or, or, you know, when I love to give our team credit or my team credit or work with our client teams, um, you know, the odds are that no matter how small their contribution or, or um, seemingly insignificant, that it, you could not do your job without the help of others. You might, I might not be able to give this podcast without, you know, the Starbucks barista handing me, uh, uh, you know, that coffee in the morning. And we really uh, struggle to admit these things about ourselves, about our egos. We want to feel like we can do it alone or, or we, we're the, we are these independent beings who can do everything without help from others. This is flawed thinking. We are interdependent. We can do great things, but we can do way more great things when we recognize uh, all of the people who contribute. Okay, so those are 11 tips for your social environment um, that should affect your attitude as well. But now I want to focus on seven tips to help you build up your mental environment. And some of these, again, you've probably heard many of these before, but this is another challenge from me to you to say, you know, hey, are you actually doing these things? Are you actually doing what you know you need to be doing to get the results that you want? So here are seven tips to build up your mental environment. Number one, dress the part. Look important. If you do, people will believe that you are important and they'll treat you as important. If you're an advancing individual with his or her eye on the corner office, dress the part. Now, if you live in California, where in the summertime it's hotter than hell, Make sure even your summer look has an air of quality about it, has a little bit of style or refinement about it. Don't run around in a wife beater and flip-flops, right? Number two, if you're intelligent, discerning, or often labeled as cynical, look for the hidden positive in every situation. 
because you're capable of recognizing the situation in high def, in 4K, whereas others are not. Even really great positive people who can see lots of great things and easily get to that positive space, they can see some opportunities, but you have that X-ray vision that that people often mislabel as cynicism, and it's just because you haven't gotten gotten deep enough below what what you see, the challenges and obstacles that you see to discover hidden opportunities that others will miss. So I want you to work with equal effort and clarity to dig for those opportunities. Chances are the opportunities you find are greater than the surface shots that most notice. Use your strengths. Don't deny your character. Take the time. Uh, you know, dig beneath for that hidden positive and share your big insights as appropriate. Number three, dig deep. Find things that you are for and rally to them. This is kind of a spinoff of number two. But, you know, build and strengthen your enthusiasm muscles by figuring out what you want to support, embrace, and engage. We seem to have made a pastime of hating things. And mapping out all of the things you dislike does little for us until we use that map to figure out, okay, what is the one degree of direction where, it, where I don't mind going? right? And use that as a guide to find what you do like. Find what you are for and lean heavily into that. Don't waste time. Take it from me, the guy who's done it wrong and horribly and failed through and fumbled through the forest many different times in many different ways. Find what you are for and lean heavily for that and share that with the world. Number four, talk yourself up. Find a mantra. Start with I am heroic. Say it and believe it. You are what you think you are. One of the coolest Christmas presents I ever got was a mere uh, folded piece of paper. I think I got it, I got it last year uh, from my in-laws, and they're just amazing people. And they wrote little mantras, little things, uh, little affirmations on pieces of paper. And I carry this piece of paper in my wallet. And I love sharing photos with it on our insider group. And you can ch check it out. And I highly recommend you do this. But this little piece of paper has a little note, a little affirmation on it. And it says, you are powerful, capable, confident, energetic, and on top of the world. Every time I open my wallet, I see that. I love that. Steal this hack. Use it. Talk yourself up. All right, number five, when faced with a challenge, ask yourself reflective questions to align with your abundant goals. Ask yourself, would an important, successful person worry about this? When trouble comes your way, would an important, successful person worry about this? Is this the way that a successful person would speak? Is this what a successful person would read or do or enjoy? Run it through the filters of your goals and, and, and align the align your answers to the direction that you want to go. Number six, when it comes to money, dispel any notion, idea, or person who talks trash about money or believes that it's evil. That, that's like saying success and growth are evil because money is energy and it's the energy of success and a fuel for growth. To me, and it took me a while to find this, but you know, it's an, money is an essential ingredient to the rocket fuel that's that's going to, you know, blast off your life, really. It's going to take you places. And so don't think that knowledge is going to get there, uh, get you there alone or just experience is going to get you there alone. Make peace with money. Make friends with money. Figure that out. Number seven, and this one's important, and this one a lot of people avoid. 
own your results. Don't bother blaming others because it doesn't matter who is to blame. At the end of the day, you are the only person with wh of whom you have the most influence. So focus on your repair and refinement efforts. Focus them on yourself because when you fail, there's, there's no point in, in wallowing in self-pity. You can analyze the situation and figure out what you could have done to prevent it, what you will do to pivot and improve from now on, and the steps you take to refine yourself, your efforts, and your model. This is essential. Practice you know, taking ownership of the results as they come and, again, filter them through yourself. Figure out what you need to change. And yes, there's shared accountability, and yes, that's important, but you need to think of it 80-20. And I, I don't care who dropped the ball on your project or whatever effort. You know, you chose them. You made a choice. You managed them. You worked with them. You agreed. You made agreements along the way. And you need to focus on the reasoning behind all of those things, the engine, the decisioning engine behind all of those things. Get involved in that and take ownership of it. That's what leaders do. That's what successful people do. You know, find some successful people and ask them about it. Look at how they take ownership of every situation and look at how they step in front of their team and take bullets. That's important too. That's another way to add value to others around you. All right, so we've talked about social environment and we've talked about mental environment. Now let's shift gears and kind of talk about some, some, a few quick tips about your spatial environment. Number one, place a value on open space. This is the welcome mat for growth and opportunity. This sounds crazy and like un-American almost. Um, you know, when you think about your garage, how many different little hobbies and knickknacks is it full of right now? How many projects can you actually, you actually have the room to work on, right? We always say make room in your life for growth. You need to, you know, create that open space so that you have the ability to take advantage of opportunities to have that workspace, you know, and this can be, you know, uh, you can also, and this brings me to number two, save space on your calendar for all sorts of things like critical thinking. There aren't many productivity systems or, or KPIs out there that account for the value of taking time to think critically, reflect and review on a regular basis. You know, our, our methods do, heroic methods do, but most don't. They only care about certain functions on the assembly line. So number three, give yourself more time and space to accomplish things. Most people suck at estimating the time, energy, and attention, and money required to get, get things done. Slow the heck down. Give yourself much more time. You'll need it. You'll need much more time. 2x, 1.5x, who knows? It depends on what you're trying to do, but you need to give yourself more breathing room. Okay, so I just gave you 21 tips that you should already know that high-performance sales teams especially definitely know and use every day. But even if each tip only increases the likelihood of a great opportunity uh, coming into your life by 1%, that's 21% all day, every day, lasting value. And for that, you can make your checks out to Heroic Media. No, I'm kidding, because I'll gladly accept your credit card payments as well. No, uh, um, I want to recommend uh, a few books that will help you reinforce and uh, explore this uh, healthy, abundant mindset that we've been talking about and these tips we've been talking about. Number one, as I mentioned before, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. Number two, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. It's a great book. 
Number three, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John C. Maxwell. You know, I've read this book so many times. I took it with me on a vacation to Costa Rica not too long ago, and that may have biased my opinion a little bit, but I reread it recently, and I loved it. It it covers a lot of ground, and again, this is all about not just knowing the stuff or hearing it once, but really examining it, cultivating the attitudes, practicing it, reminding yourself of it so that you can incorporate it into your daily practice. Oh, and finally, number four, Entrepreneur Revolution by Daniel Priestley. Now, this book is kind of based in the UK, and if you can ignore the fact that he's talking about pounds versus dollars, it's a tremendously great book. It's one of my favorite books that I've read uh, this year, uh, and this will really help you with the abundant mindset if you're an entrepreneur or even if you're not. Now, as far as tools and resources go, I highly recommend that you take the opportunity to mastermind these books with a group or in a community. There's a lot of deprogramming that needs to take place when you're talking about these core beliefs around God, money, abundance, scarcity, competition, and value creation. So don't just read or, uh, or listen about these topics. Have a conversation, ask questions, explore, engage, think deeply. And a great place to do this is on our Heroic Insider group where you can interact with me and my team as well as other like-minded people who have gone on or going on a similar journey. So be sure to check that out at www.getheroic.com. So the big picture here is if you've got a smartphone, a computer, and a broadband internet connection, in terms of your opportunities to build wealth and to have an abundant lifestyle, you've got more going for you than, you know, King Louis XIV, right? You got two eyes, but one neck. So instead of looking at your past, look to the present for opportunities that are right in front of you. Make a few changes to your environment. Make a little changes to your attitude. Make some room for your growth in your life. Bring your own bravery. Be your own X factor. And walk with a little bit more faith in yourself and the world's abundant supply of a means to allow you to build, live, and enjoy the great life. You have a choice. You can focus on all the things holding you back and make your life a sob story about being the victim of circumstance, or you can accept this call, the call to get heroic, to look to the path in front of you and look for opportunities and make your story about how you built, lived, and enjoyed this great life. I hope this helps you cultivate an abundant mindset, become more open to opportunities, and to take advantage of them by taking action. I know these and other skills will help you get mission ready for life. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Heroic Hour. Now it's time for our jam session, so enjoy.